can uh, be. I think I'm a little bit more comfortable right now. Right there. All right, bad, bad, bad. All right. A little bit. Are you good? Yeah, I just asked for more faith. Oh, pause. <laughs> no, let me explain. Let me explain. I was saying it was too close to my face. Uh, you want to? You ate a hot dog, boy. You can't say shit. Okay, you know what? <laughs> So I do believe you have the right to complain. Um, no, when I mean complain, I don't mean complain. You have, I believe you have the right to criticize, but yeah. you don't have the right to complain. Dude. You can criticize something because you're trying to make it better. Even if somebody's getting something for free, it can still have improvement. Save all that for the pie. Uh, <laughs> all right. Boom. Words matter. Yeah, you're right. Better throw some respect on my name. Gotta rip my knees, folks, on the daily. Cause I ain't really been myself as lately. My mind's evolving and my heart is changing. Starting to see the world how it should be. It's positively sweet. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another show from Voice Man. I'm your host here, Mr. Keen. And I'm here with a, a special guest, actually. Well, you know, everybody coming on nowadays is a special guest. But I got a special guest on um, this kid I seen grow up from. A boy to a, a, a young young man. Uh, he he's like one of the first people I called a little brother when I came back here from uh, the military and decided to go back to school. So I'm kind of excited to have him on, get us a little bit of viewpoints from our times together, and you know the things he came and overcame through his life to get to where he's at right now. So I'm really excited for him to drop some knowledge on us, and you know we can just talk about stuff we usually regularly talk about and everything. So I'm allow him to introduce himself. Hi everybody, my name is Keyshawn Rogers and yes, me and Terrence go back years and years and years. You was in my first YouTube video. Yeah, I yeah. was. I helped you record. Uh, no, not that one. No. no, I helped you record a video too. Yeah, you did, but I mean the one when you had blue hair. And oh, yeah. yeah, we had a little HSO thing outside. You was, you, you blue was, hair Keyshawn was a wild Keyshawn. I know because uh, when you think about it, you just call yourself a gypsy and everything. Yeah, I I mean I'm still am a gypsy. I just feel like I'm a more educated and organized gypsy. Okay, but where did that nickname come from anyway? From the first place, because look, I was I was like, bro, he just calls himself gypsy. I'm just gonna call it what he want to call himself. So I went by Key the Gypsy or Gypsy. That's a rap name. Uh, yeah. So when I made music, that's what I went by, and I I'm still using Gypsy within my writing company that uh -huh. I'm creating because uh, I plan, you know, I plan to be a writer. So I'm still going to use the name. The name is staying with me. But uh, my auntie actually gave me that name when I was in uh, Jackson. Yeah, I was in Jackson, Mississippi. And um, she gave me the name because I used to move around a lot. And it was like when my dad had, we got in that, we got in a big argument and we wasn't talking and I would just travel. I would just stay place to place with different family members and then um, I would stay with different friends and I was staying with my auntie one time and I was this was like right when I was trying to come up with an artist name I needed a name and I was like Key Key the and I think originally I said Key the rapper which was lame but I was a big Chance the Rapper fan at the time <laughs> so I was going to be like it's an homage or whatever I was you know I was yeah. young and it was lame and uh, my auntie was like, I'm going to start calling you Gypsy, the way you be moving around. 
And I was like, you know what? I like that. And I took it. I was like, Keezy Gypsy. And that's literally how I got my name. Just my auntie was just like, this fits you. This suits you. And, you know, after, you know, I was a very free-spirited person. And I move around a lot. I still move around a lot. Um, and I literally, like, right now I have a remote job where I can work from anywhere because of that. I wanted that ability to be able to travel and be able to move without having to actually have to clock out of work. So the name fits the <laughs> hey the name fits you to the T, and it's kind of cool because uh, you always been a person like that love to move around. Like oh, yeah. yeah, even while you was here, it, just even yeah. sitting in one space. Like even if I had to stay with a friend or a family member, I don't even want to stay at their house for too long. Yeah. Like if I'm staying at somebody's house and it's been like three, four days, I'm like, I got, I got to get out of here. Yeah. I got, I got to go somewhere else. But you didn't do that when you stayed with me. You stayed with me for a minute. Okay, <laughs> but that was because I was in yo, circumstances of oh, we're like, get, the yo, uncontrollable circumstances. And we're gonna get back to that later because those moments were yeah, those were funny moments. Pen, uh, funny moments and like pillars in me and your relationship. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, so um, so you you said you're gonna start writing. You got want to make a writing company. I know you was a communication major. You did yeah. a debate. So team. Uh, actually, originally I was a theater major. Um, ah, yeah, I makes had, sense. Went to school. I got I auditioned and I was a theater major. Uh, some things happened and I wasn't in school no more. <laughs> I came back and they wasn't trying to let me into the theater department, which was completely fair. I hope nothing against them because they had every right to. Yeah. Um, but they were willing to recommend me back into school because they saw that I was making a change, and I ended up going into the comm department to pursue uh, writing. And I wanna write music, I wanna write uh, TV shows, I wanna write movies, I'm cr I wanna write books. Uh, I have an idea that works for uh, a kid's book for like kids that's probably gonna be in middle school. Um, I have, uh, I'm currently working on a movie script right now hmm. and that's I am nice. currently working with artists as a songwriter. So I, I am working in, I'm not you know crazy successful of course, but, you know, it's nice having my foot in the door in the things that I want to do. Yeah, because I think I mean you talk about some movies because we both are currently writing certain things. Yeah. So, you know, I be wanting you to come write a character story and, for me yeah. sometimes. But, you know, I know you got a lot of stuff on your plate. So I do. And I, and I tell everybody this. I know I am busy and I help when I can. But if you if you need my help, you got to schedule that help with me like you have to schedule beforehand because I don't really schedule out my life I just be moving but if it's something important I will schedule it and be like all right I will make sure that I don't do anything else around this time because I promise you I don't like breaking promises yeah. so I don't plan out my days anymore I don't like doing any of that stuff but like if I have something important to ha handle I'll make sure I write out that oh this is happening so I don't forget it so a question because you brought up theater department. What happened when you got kicked out of the theater department? Oh, if you don't mind talking about no, no, no. it, <laughs> I don't mind talking about it because I grew from it. Yes, um, most people don't, but you know, I was honestly, I was a bad kid, so like, uh, I wanted to act, but I didn't audition for um, any of the plays, but I had to work them still, so I ended up um, working the plays and um, I would go out all night. So I'd be tired during the during the day, but I couldn't go to sleep during the day because I had classes and stuff. So it would be time for the play, and I would want to go to sleep, and I'd be working, and I'd periodically just, like, mess up a spotlight or something. And, uh, like, you know, it wasn't completely off. Like, that wasn't the whole reason. But, like, I was messing up. I was messing up on things I wasn't supposed to be messing up on. But what really did me in 
was I was supposed to be working uh, a uh, play, and I was working the door. I was ex taking the tickets, and I was really, really, really high. Like, they had to send me home, and it took me an hour and a half to walk from the theater building to Argo Hall. How the fuck did it take you an hour and a half? Because I was just, I was really high, and I was looking up at the sky, and I remember I was looking up at the sky, I was looking at the stars, because one, I'm from the city, yeah. so like you don't really you see, see the this, stars yeah. and stuff like that um, growing up, because the street lights me out, and then I would be in the house, but, um, so now I, I'm on campus, and you know, I'm high, and I look up, and I'm like, man, I can really see the stars, and I'm like at a point where like, I'm appreciating the little things. So yeah. <laughs> I'm high and I'm looking at the stars and I'm walking. It took me an hour and a half to get home. And I knew it took me an hour and a half because I had a, a friend that went to the play and they beat me to Argo Hall. So the play ended. Yes, the play continued through, finished, and they were able to get out of there and get back to Argo before I got there. What the fuck? <laughs> yes, and but, I had a, it was, and you know it's crazy. This I had a, a very low tolerance, and I ate a whole brownie. And they told me not to, they told me not to. But when I ate half of it, I didn't feel anything for like that first hour, stupid. hour and a half. Ah, yeah, that's what you always, yeah. everybody always messed up at, because yeah, I, 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 I yeah. And this is my birthday weekend, so this is this is happening like during my birthday weekend. So the reason I was doing this is because I wanted to get celebrate. lit for my birthday. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to celebrate my birthday, and I couldn't because I was working the event. Yeah. So, um, which isn't justification, but that was the reasoning behind it. Okay. And I ate the whole brownie, and whoo, lordy, I was, I was, I was good for a while. <laughs> I was good for a while. Okay, so do you think that was like that one turning point that changed the direction of your life? No, I don't think it was the turning point that changed the direction of my life. But it, but humbled, I, it humbled yourself. Basically, like, did it humble you? Was that the one? It, that it did humble me because I understood that I made a mistake, and I understood how bad my mistake was. Because it was a bad, one, it was a bad look for just, like, anybody going to the play. It's like, oh, is this how these students are carrying themselves? But then it also... You know, looking back on it, that was a bad reflection of who I was as a man and who I was um, as a black man. Because, you know, as a black man, they expect certain things out of you. Yeah. They expect you to do certain things. And people will make the argument that, that black people smoke too much weed and do all these things. And I added to that. Yeah. I gave that MO, and I shouldn't have. Yeah. I should have been better. Yeah. But at the same time, you're, you're a young kid. So I was, like, I think I was 18 turning Exactly. 19. So, look. Most people always try to, you know, make the conclusion of what these kids are supposed to be at the young age. But you're, you're still trying to find your way. You're still trying to find out who you are. You're still trying to, you know, feel, feel your way out in a new area, new space, and, you know, trying to figure out who are you, who is key, who is, who is this person. And I feel like you have took steps. Like you said, you've. You you took your acknowledgement from that mistake and you learned from it and you got back to able to come back to school. But I I I did learn from that mistake, but I messed up so many more times along the way. And it's okay. Yes, and it is okay. <laughs> but I, I think back I think back on that one moment. I don't say too often, but I do think about it periodically, especially like when I'm uh, around this campus, I think about the theater, theater department and who I would have became if I would have stayed a part of the theater department. How much more dedicated I would have probably been to acting instead of writing if I would have stayed in the theater department and yeah. so on and so forth. But the decisions we make shape our lives. 
and just us to acknowledge it and move forward and take the next opportunity, the best opp- make the best out of the next opportunity. Because, uh, all right, so I know you said you dropped out. So I remember you wilding out a little bit when you dropped out a little bit. Uh, you was yeah. at every party. You was turning up periodically. You had blue hair. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, bro. <laughs> I was uncontrollable. Yeah, that part. <laughs> I was very uncontrollable. And I think every human needs to have restrictions on themselves. It's that self-control. I tell people all the time that you got to have self-control. And in that moment of my life, I had no self-control. I did what I wanted because, one, I believed that I was smarter than other people. So I would do what I want because I would predict the outcome. And I would weigh that risk and reward, and things would usually work out exactly how I thought they would work out. So it would work in my favor. So I always thought that I didn't have to follow the rules because I was above the rules. I knew the <laughs> loopholes, I, yeah. you know, and I was getting, and I got away with a lot. But I also, like, did a lot of wrong, and I struggled because since I wasn't following rules, there are benefits to society in following rules that I just didn't, <laughs> I didn't have. I didn't yeah. have those benefits. I didn't have those necessities. Oh, yeah. Man, because uh, that's how we ended up with uh, me <laughs> living with you. I, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember uh, school that I think you were staying in like a lot of the dorms and stuff with uh, friends. Mm-hmm. And this is the time I actually I finally moved out. You so know? that's when I was like homeless. Like yeah. I, I was I had nowhere else to I had nowhere else to stay. Trey, the first place I had to stay, first place I stayed was with Trey. So um, at this time, I'm out of college. Um, I'm working, um, but then I lose my job. Yeah. I lose my job, so I have no way of paying my rent, and I get evicted, of course. Um, well, when I got evicted, I moved all my stuff out, but my friend didn't want you know want me living on the street. So for like the first two months, we'd move my stuff into the closet. We'd move my stuff into the closet, and we'd have that room open, and if they like came in there to check, nothing would be in there, and then I would move like some stuff in there yeah. to like go to sleep and go on and so forth. So like going from there but then they sold the room yeah so then we ended up having uh, a roommate and i don't know if he ever complained or how but at some point they and i don't want to make the assumption that they complained but uh at some point the staff knew that i was still living there so they said that i had to have all of my um i had to be out of the um apartment by a certain date and it'd be like considered trespassing uh, and i like you know like i was like oh i'm like i'm 18 i don't want to go to jail for trespassing like i don't want to you yeah. feel me so i'm like uh i'm like okay so i was about to go sleep uh this one i was about to go sleep outside and i was gonna um i was just gonna go outside and trey heard about my situation he was like come stay with me and um uh, that's when i got into uh martin dorm and i persuaded uh a bunch of the staff I persuaded a bunch of the staff and some of the students there that um, I was also still a student and I was, um, you know, I was the roommate there. And, you know, there was obviously people that knew I wasn't a student, yeah. that, of course, because there had to be people that were in on the lie to make the lie work. Yes. You know? <laughs> so uh, I was lying saying that uh, I was a student at the time and that's why I was living in Martin. And, uh, bro, I would sleep on, it started off with, I was sleeping on Trey's floor. So obviously him and his roommate had the bed, but the beds are very small. So I was sleeping on his floor. He would give me a pillow and a blanket. And then, um, I would just go from dorm to dorm and then we made more friends. So I was sleeping on, you know, I was sleeping on different people's floors. 
so I didn't have to sleep outside. And then it got to a point where we ended up making friends with somebody that lived there and they had an open room. They had an open bed because their roommates had switched rooms so they could have their own room. So this person ended up having a whole room to themselves. So uh, I ended up moving my stuff in there. I had it all set up like I was staying in the dorm. Um, and whenever the staff would like question me, like I would leave during the day, I would have like a backpack, yeah. you know, made it look like I was leaving. Or if I was sitting in the room, I would sit in the room all day and I would like, I would time it out. So I wasn't like making it seem like I was never going to class or I wasn't like I was, I was truly thinking about my actions, but, um, I would stay in the, um, dorm and I basically treated that. I persuaded people I was a student. I acted like, you know, I was living and I wasn't, I was staying in somebody else's room. I needed a bed. So he let me stay in the bed and I was homeless. Uh, that was it. I was faking it. I was faking it to make it. That's exactly what I was doing. I was faking it to make it. So, how did that end up? So how did you end up getting out of Martin? Was it because the semester ended, or yeah? So the semester ended, and I had to go somewhere, um, and I didn't know where I was going to go um, at first. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't go home because a lot was happening with me and my dad, so I couldn't go home. And I think this is the time where uh, I moved. I think with Cameron back to Florida. And I was staying with him. So it was either go back to Florida and, you know, stay with Cam. And, you know, and that's when, like, I was, like, also trying to make music um, and stay with him or sleep out on the street. Because, yeah. you know, people living in the dorms, they got to go, too. Yep. <laughs> Everybody got to go. Yep. So um, I did that towards the end of the semester. I think over winter break, um, I stayed with somebody. I stayed with somebody over winter break. And then at some point I went and... Uh, stayed with Cameron, but Cameron ended up coming back to school, so I ended up coming back too, and I ended up house hopping again, and I, and we, that's how we ended up meeting. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I was going out and stuff, because it's not like I had to be home at a certain time, right. because half the time I was figuring out where I was going to sleep that night, so uh, I would you know just go to parties, and I would just live it up. I was like I could die at any moment, so I'm going to enjoy every day I got. Yeah. <laughs> When you ain't got nothing, when you ain't got nothing, you either soak and every day is horrible or you 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 make something out of the day. And every day I made something out of the day. Every day. Yeah. And then uh, that's how we met. And I think, when did you move in with me? Was it the next summer? It was it was a, it was a couple months after that that I actually like moved in and was just staying with you for a while because yeah. it was a consistent place to stay. Yeah, uh, I knew I was safe. I knew uh, it wasn't the most comfortable because you know I'm a big guy sleeping on a small surface, you know, the couch. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I used to come in there. You stretched out. I was like, I was like, I don't know how to make this work, but I was because <laughs> you got to think. A couch is significantly better than a floor. Of course, of course. <laughs> a couch is significantly better than a floor. So. Um, you know, sleeping on your couch was 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 a, a nice was nice for me. Um, yeah, we had fun though, cause uh, yeah, look, y'all, me and him used to wrestle and everything. Look, I, I always wanted a brother, so like, it's like I got a brother in the living room with me. So I was like, bro, preface I this. This is abuse. I want to preface <laughs> this with what he's about to say. I did not abuse. abuse this man. 
We was we were wrestling though. <laughs> but mind you, I'm probably like half the size I am now. What? I was probably like I, I, I was really I like, was skinny at then too though. I was like like one ninety at the time. You like weigh more than me. You weigh more than me then. But you were pure muscle and you were almost two hundred. You were pure muscle. Now I'm about two hundred. Like back then I was like one one seventy five. But it was still muscle. You see what I'm saying? And Bro, just, so look, y'all, so every time I'm like we at home, we just be bullshitting. I'm bored. I was like, "Fuck it." I turned on. I had a speaker, so I was I was a party guy. So I always had a speaker with me somewhere. Turned on some music. It always be Brock Lesnar <laughs> or uh, damn, who was the other one? We had well, we did all of them. We did King. We did yeah. Um, we're, we're basically up in there having a whole day. Uh, Ray, Ray, yeah, yeah, Ray Mysterio, uh, Roman Reigns. <laughs> like we were going through them. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Now, obviously, I was wrestling back. Of, of course. course. Hey, and it was it was literally like I felt like it was a kid again. Like, bro. It was nice. It was, it was nice. nice. It was fun. And it was like, yeah, but yeah. But like, this man would just beat up on me on <laughs> random. Or it would be like, all right, I don't feel like wrestling. Like, I'm dealing with something mentally right now. I'm, I don't feel like wrestling. And then he would come through and he would just pick me up. And I was like, it should not be this easy just to pick up a cold man <laughs> like this. Hey, oh, uh, but I probably did it for a good reason. Well, no, nah, I ain't had no reason. You didn't have a reason. <laughs> I didn't have a reason. What was the reason? Well, there was no reason. Well, I stand by that. It was because life was going to hit you. I well, loved you. now, 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 the like, back. Now I look back at it. I didn't have a reason then, but there was a reason. Look, life is going to hit you when you, when you least expect it. And then, uh, <laughs> so you find a life lesson in it. Finally, you find a life lesson. A couple years later, you're gonna find a life I'm lesson. A, I'm gonna find doing. something. <laughs> well, there's always a life lesson in everything, because because during that time, like, bro, how you was taking taking. Like I was like, man, just throw me this and that third. But I knew you was homeless and everything. Yeah, you, you started back but working. But I was listen. I was always and that's 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 something that yeah. I stand by. I understand that a lot of people help me out, but I was Helping, I was always yeah, willing right. to help. If I was always going to make it worth it, yeah. you know, like I was going to like if I had to like clean. Uh, yeah. I can't really say how I made money, yeah. but let's just say like I was making money to like you know stay afloat and stuff. But we always have food. We always have food. We always have food. I don't know how you got it, but we always <laughs> have food. <laughs> you can't talk about how, how yeah. you know. Obviously, I got yeah. the food, of course. Yeah. But always, we always have food in the house, and, I, and the shit was clean. So every time I come back from work, I was like, man, yeah, it doesn't matter. Listen, like, bro. Yeah, he had a he had a spot to stay because like I was going to make sure you were also taken care of exactly because I I never ever in my life want to be the guy where it's like I did all of this for you what did you do for me because I don't like IOUs I don't like yeah. I don't like the idea of like because if we're family like there's no reason I ask you for help and you take it as a debt to you you know yes. you shouldn't take it as a debt to you but on the other hand I will say that you should, out of the kindness of your heart, want to make yourself have worth in the house. Yeah. So I knew that I wasn't able to contribute to the rent because I was still trying to figure out how to survive. Yeah. And half the stuff that I was getting wasn't truly worked for, but yeah. <laughs> we was getting it and I was going to get it and I was going to get it some way because I was going to show my worth. Yeah. And I don't, and I'm going to say, no, nah, I don't recommend this to anybody that's struggling to, to follow in my footsteps on how, or if but y'all you, figure out or like know this, what you, I did, you, just you, don't. You was just trying to survive, bro. Yeah, I was surviving. Because, look, like. Well, no. I don't want to say I was surviving. I want to say that I was living. And I want to say that I was living because, yes, I I was without. Even though, like, things weren't in my name and I was without and I was struggling. I had, I was, I had to house hop. 
I learned so much and I have so many experiences and I have so many stories yeah. that like most people never have in at some life. point it wasn't it wasn't striving and it wasn't like just surviving anymore I was living this was my life this was this was my experience this yeah. was my story so I was surviving yes but I like to I like to also add in that I was living and I went like me being homeless ended up me getting a job yes. where I traveled to <laughs> Panama City where I was a club promoter. I got to be a club promoter. I remember that. And look, I want my money back. That was the worst <laughs> spring break I ever had. No, the, <laughs> I, I can't. I can't say PCB that. March. Y'all, y'all was ass. <laughs> look, the year that uh, I think that was the year like really the sh everybody made the shift to Miami. Yeah. Because all of those bad things had happened like the year or two before. Yeah, uh, so like they were, they had put all these laws on Panama City Beach yeah. that you wasn't allowed to do certain stuff. So it was, it was lame, but I needed money. Yeah. You know, they paid for me. They paid for a nice hotel for me to stay yep. in. Uh, and all I had to do was go out and sell, and, tickets. and sell tickets. And I sold those tickets. I got to keep a portion of it. And I probably, I probably made you came up. $200 a night. And that's good. Granted, half of that was spent on... Drugs. Alcohol and drugs. But, uh, what about food? See, y'all forget about food. You need to take care of yourself. We would buy. So we would we would buy food, but it would be like, all right, we're gonna buy something quick. Like yeah. it wasn't. It like we would go like McDonald's or yeah. we would go like we would like go to like a quick restaurant and probably sit down and eat. But we wasn't buying groceries to keep at the hotel yeah. to cook. Like that's not what we were doing. I we know. were see I making money to take care of ourselves that day. Yeah. That was our aim. See. Always the big brothers trying to make sure you take care of yourself. But, yeah. <laughs> but no, look, I remember that uh, because that's the time it actually was cold during the spring break in Panama City. Mm -hmm. And I, I, we came and bought the ticket like a dumbass. And then <laughs> we, knowing that nobody really out like that, but. I it, mean, it had we yeah, had people yeah. there because I definitely made some yeah, money. Yeah, but it there. wasn't it wasn't what the it, original. It wasn't what it was. Cause yeah, look, it wasn't grew, what look, it was. I grew up in Pensacola. Well, I got cousins that live in Panama City, so ever since I was like eight, I used to go to Panama City for spring break. So, mind you, I seen titties at a young age. <laughs> Cause like I was always tall for my age, so I could pass for a little bit older. So and you know black don't crack, so we always had um, I understand. I, I grabbed my first pad of titties going to spring break with my cousins, and oh my god! It's, and I will say that PCB did change over time, and when I was working there, it wasn't as lit as what it used to be. But I still had a fun time. Like I got to get drunk with Waka Flocka. Yep. Um, I got to see uh, the Migos in concert, and I used my badge. Oh, I used my badge to pretend that I was security. So when everybody, so I get one, get to the front. And then two, uh, I wanted space for myself. So I would be like, all right, um, I'm security. I need y'all to give me this much room. And they would scoot over because I held up a badge that said um, VIP, my staff badge. And it wasn't even for the club that I was working at, but it was for a bunch of clubs. But, <laughs> no, the concert was at, but um, I held up my badge and then they gave me the room. So I got to peacefully enjoy the concert. So like, I got to have experiences that I don't think most people got to have. You see what I'm saying? And, uh, and look, and like how many people are saying, "Oh yeah, I got drunk with Waka Flocka." A lot, exactly. So look, you made the most out of every situation, yeah. which I applaud you for. Because look, like I'm saying, you're always gonna find your way, mm -hmm. regardless. Because <laughs> even when you left, I knew you was gonna be all right. Because. <laughs> 
I was like, man, he gonna he made for this. He gonna be all right. Boom. He may hit some hiccups in the road, but there ain't nothing new. Hiccups happen, and he's just gonna keep moving forward and keep it pushing. Because I think after that, I think I don't know when you came back to school. I probably came back to school like a, a year and a half later, because it um it took time for me to get back in school. Like I had to get paperwork done. I had to get money together. Cause yeah. my first my first two semesters, I had to uh, pay out of pocket. Yeah. First two semesters I had to pay out of pocket. But I worked hard because my my GPA had dropped significantly. And the first semester I came back, I did like grade forgiveness and I took extra classes. And I brought my GPA up from a one point three to a two point like four seven. I had a two like yeah, a two point four seven, two point four nine. But um you had to have like a two you had to have a like a um what was what did you have to have? Oh, you had to have a point seven zero um like uh success rating in your classes to get financial aid so the first semester it got me to like a 0.67 so even though i had the gpa for financial aid you didn't have the completion i didn't have the completion rating for financial aid so the next semester i had to pay out of pocket again and that semester was probably the like trying to figure that out was um one of the hardest things i've ever had to do and i and this is like this is like one of the moments that like really separated me from my father. And my father is not a bad man. He w- I understand that he was just trying to teach me. I just felt like the way that he did it, I don't think I would do to my kid. And um, uh, one thing led to another. And I had to figure out this whole money situation. And my friends actually came together and they paid my tuition for that semester. So my my uh, my current frat brothers, a couple of my friends put their money together, paid my tuition, and I paid them all back with interest. So like people that gave me like $500, I gave them back like 550 a piece and um people that you know probably gave me $100, I probably gave like another like 130. Like I always gave like a little extra. It wasn't like a lot, but it was always a little extra to say like, you know what? I appreciate what you did. I'll forever have your back and I want you to know that like I'm willing to give more and it's not a lot but it's what I got it's what I can give you Thanks. so I whoo that semester was a struggle but after that I was smooth sailing I was getting financial aid because my grades were straight I was in orgs I was doing community service um and, yeah and you joined a fraternity yeah, yeah, yeah. I um I joined Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated, part of the Beta Beta Phi chapter. Let's go. Blue, <laughs> you feel me? Um But yeah, I I would say that one one of the biggest factors that actually made me into the man that I am today is being Sigma. And and I know like people like always sell their fraternity and stuff like that, but the actual reason is because of them, because before, uh, as I said before, I was doing a lot of bad things. But my um, current um, frat brother, Chris, my brother, yeah. I call him family. Chris King. Chris King. Um, he had become a Sigma. And I was like, we're from the same city. And I see him doing all these great things. And I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I want to be great. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want to be exceptional. And I was like, Chris, how, do you, how did you do this? How did you get into this? And he was like, you got to, you know, be in school. And you got to have a certain GPA. And this is what we do. It's like we do community service. We help. And I was like, you know, I like helping. Like I like, because I believe in communal success over self-preservation. So I love helping. 
And um, he said, well, you got to get to school. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. Because I was like, if I'm going to be better, I'm going to be better. And it's, I kind of procrastinated getting back in school. That's why I took an hour and a half. But I had to get the money together. So I was doing things that I shouldn't have been doing to get to where I needed to go. Yeah. You see? And it, it sounds like a cop-out because I, I probably could have done things better or done the right thing beforehand, but I chose not to. Um, but at, that actually led me to wanting to become, like me wanting to become a Sigma made me work so hard to get back into school. I got back into school and they taught me, they taught me, like they showed me what orgs um, I would be good at, orgs that I didn't even know existed. And then um, they they taught me how to be a better man. And they taught, they changed my way of thinking on life. And that change of thinking led me to doing all of the community service and and doing all the orgs. And I remember at one point I was taking six classes at once. I was the president of CAB. Um, yeah, I was taking six classes. I was president of CAB. I was in uh, Senator SGA. I was on the debate team. Um, I would have probably been in Asa if it was, you know, around the time because that's when Asa had, had died off when I was when I had left. But I would have probably did yeah. that too. Like I was just doing things. Like I enjoyed helping people. I enjoyed leading. I enjoyed coming up with ideas. I enjoyed because being a part of Cap, that that party me, like that person that loved to party and do that, got to have that by creating the events that we got to do. You feel me? Yes. Sir. The person that liked to help got to. Um, help people in SGA and doing the community service. And the person that, you know, liked to argue joined the debate team. You feel me? So it was like, it turns out I was good at all of these things when I was 18, 19. But I didn't, I didn't see what I needed to be doing and how to use that to prosper. Once someone taught me how good I was, I, I became unstoppable. I felt unstoppable. I felt like no one could touch me. Oh yeah. Hey, I'm proud of you because I remember conversations back when you lived with me. <laughs> uh and to see you doing the things that you said you were gonna do because them conversations just meant for me and you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you're living the way you wanted to live and you're you joined the organization that you talked about. Yeah. And you made it happen because no matter how much they encourage you. You had to make it happen for it, yourself. It can, and that's what I tell people. I tell people all the time. It's self-control. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's just self-control. And you'll see it. You'll see it in like people that will go choose a job because the job tells them what to do. Yeah. There are some people that like doing things and they understand what they like to do, but they don't have the, the self-control to organize their time and get that done which is nothing to them because nobody is perfect yeah. you know some people have that willpower but i think once i learned that self-control i was a i was put in a place to truly accomplish with somebody that didn't have the self-control but they had the networking they had the money they had the the um the the attention like they had all of those they had everything else they needed yeah but i had the one thing they didn't and that's what, and that's what made me work harder. And, and that's the thing about it. It's always the people that can fill in your gaps for you. Mm -hmm. That would be the best people to have in your circle. Mm -hmm. So that one thing that you brought to the table was needed. And that's about anything with everybody in life. The, they, they think, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that. No, just make sure what you got 
brings value because what they got, what what you want that other people got, if y'all come together, it actually moves faster and it moves better because people, and know that's, what I'm saying? it needs a team to be successful. And, and that's what I, I argue now. And I, and I learned, when I learned that, I started, uh, I have the philosophy that uh, you should use communal success over self-preservation. Yes. Simply meaning that it is your duty as a person to just help the person next to you and expect nothing in return. Oh, yeah. And it's hard to ask. That's hard to ask of somebody. But I wouldn't ask onto others that I wouldn't ask unto myself. You see what I'm saying? So I do that now. Like, I'm willing to help somebody with I don't want nothing in return. I don't need nothing in return. And I might ask you for help, and you tell me no, I won't hold nothing against you. Yeah. Because at the at the end of the day, I wasn't supposed to hold anything against you. I wasn't supposed to ask anything of you, yeah. right? But I know there's people that I have helped, you know, so much, and they've seen me help people so much and ask nothing in return that they're willing to help me in nothing in return. And I think that is one of those people is Quint Studer. Um, yes, sir. That's the goat. Quint Studer is the goat. Um, uh, I was messaging him the other day. We're supposed to be having lunch, and you know, I, I've you know I've had a couple lunches with him, and we've talked a couple times, and. Um, I hang out. Uh, he introduced me to his son too, um, because when I was moving up to New York, his son is going uh, to school up there, and he was introducing me. And uh, Quint Studer is a great guy and a great example of communal success because Quint will be like, "All right, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish?" And I tell him, and if it's just simply trying to do good, he won't ask for nothing. He won't ask nothing of you. I remember one time I was leading a community service event, and um, I think this one I was uh, raising money for the Ronald McDonald House. I think this is the one where I was raising money for the Ronald McDonald House. Um, I think I think this was. I don't think this was Christmas time. I think this was just another time that I was doing it, and um, he donated five hundred dollars. He matched what I had raised, so I had raised like five hundred dollars by myself, but he had matched that with another five hundred dollars. He sent it to me, and uh, I was so grateful. And he literally just sent sent it to me because. I didn't ask him for it. I just simply yeah. posted it and I said, I was asking people to donate a dollar and I think I asked him to share it because I knew he had like a lot of followers yeah. and um, I asked him to share it. He shared it and he donated and he never asked anything in return to me and I, I've appreciated that every single time. And he still shares my stuff so I had a community service event you know, like last week and he shared it for me and you know, and um, actually I need to message him about this lunch because I told him um, I would schedule out this lunch, and I never scheduled it. So get, it's get on me. it, hey, get it's on it. Me. But Quint Studer is a phenomenal example of communal success. He doesn't ask anything of return as long as you're just trying to create the betterment for society. Amen. Yeah, and I feel like more people need to be like that uh, because you don't know what the next person going through. You don't know how much that one thing you do for them could Easily. change their life for the better. Easily, because. Look, I would tell y'all to go up and hug the next person y'all see, but at the same time, I understand some people don't like to be hugged and shit, but if they're smiling or like something, just ask them how their day going, because most people that smile would be the main people. That be hurting. Be hurting, because they want to see nobody else hurt, so they'd rather put a smile on everybody else's face <laughs> by just showing that they are happy. And I want to I wanna also point out that like people – Everybody got problems. Yeah. You feel me? Everybody got some type of problem they're facing right now. Yes. So so to believe 
that your problem is always worse than the next person's problem is is so bullshit. I cuss on here. Bullshit. I'm saying I think it's insensitive and because bullshit. and and even if you're dealing with a problem that might be worse than the next person's problem, you also might have the mindset to be able to handle a problem significantly better than that other person. Yes. So even though your problem might seem like on paper significantly worse and there are no problems that are significantly worse, some people might actually be able to mentally handle it or solve that problem better than other people. So it's really hard to gauge the level of yes. difficulty with any problem you face. So you just need to accept that everybody has problems and you need to be willing to help because it is your duty to help because when you have a problem i bet you you're going to call somebody and ask for help and you're not going to be thinking how can i repay them back how can i you're going to be thinking can you help me that's all you're going to be thinking about and then after they help you that thought will will pop into your head of like okay i owe you and see and look i i love that because like you said a lot of people think everybody else your problem everybody's gonna think your problem their problem is bigger than the next person's mm -hmm. But, like I said, the tools. That's why I tell people therapy is amazing because it gets you the tools on how to handle certain situations. Everybody needs but, therapy. I don't care you. who you are. You need therapy because you're not, one, you're not perfect. Nope. Two, you don't know everything. And three, it is significantly harder to look at yourself and truly judge yourself properly because you have a bias. That bias is the life you've literally been living and everything you experience. And that in itself is a bias. So that's why you need therapy to help you work through problems that, one, you might not even see as that a problem. you have. <laughs> yeah, you have a problem. You might not even see it. Yeah. So, I listen, therapy, therapy, therapy. If you can get to therapy, you can afford therapy. Or you have the option to go to therapy, go to therapy. Do Amen. Because, look, uh, it saved my life. Uh, I tell you that all the time on all on most of the episodes, I was like, bro, if y'all knew where I was three years ago, five years ago, six years ago, and the stuff that I didn't know I was facing traumatically, like mentally and everything, bro, I'm a whole different person now because of therapy and in a better way, in a better form. But I bet you, I bet you, if you were to ask like, yo, 16, 17-year-old self, be like, hey, you're going to experience this, 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 and this. There is nothing oh, you me. can do about it. They they would probably break down crying. Like, how am I going to handle this? And you, and you never know how you're going to handle it until you look back. Because, look, every yeah. day is going to bring us different challenges. Because, look, I'll ask you that same question. <laughs> because uh, connecting the dots. You can't connect the dots looking forward. You, when you look back, you connect them. Like everything in your life had to happen before you get to where you're at right now. Exactly. And yes, you could have made other decisions, but you didn't make those. So since you didn't make that decision, you are you made every right decision to be where you're at right now. That means every bad decision, good decision, or however you perceive your decision, what you made, it happened for a reason. And it was a lesson and a blessing inside of every decision. Yes. So until you actually acknowledge that, and then you like, okay, I know I could do it better here, but what I learned, that's what I, that's your lesson. Now the blessing is the knowledge now. That now you just gotta apply it. And use it for better bettering not just yourself, the people around you. Every yeah, every every consequence or every reaction doesn't have to be some form of punishment. I I was I was yeah, I was talking to somebody 
And um, he was, it was this kid. I'm not going to say their names, of course. Um, it was this kid and his little and it was his little brother and his little brother kept messing up on the same thing over and over and it w- it wouldn't happen like repetitively like like back to back to back but it'd be like he'd forget and he would make that same mistake and I asked I asked I looked I looked his older brother in the eye and I was like yo like are you like are you like like what's going on like. How do you think he's going to learn from this if you keep letting him make the same mistake? And he's like, he needs to be punished. Like, he needs to have a punishment. And I'm like, why is the first thing somebody thinks is when somebody does something is they need to be punished? Why don't you be like, he needs to be taught? I remember I've, I have I think back on, like, the things that I've done wrong, and half the time I did something wrong is simply because I didn't understand what the consequence was going to be. Yeah. I understood there was going to be a consequence, but I didn't understand truly what the consequence was going to be or the outcome it was going to have on somebody's life, like, truly the outcome it was going to have on somebody's life. So sometimes it's like punishing somebody doesn't teach them to, you know, do better. It teaches them to do whatever they did bad better. Better. Yeah, it's not teaching so them to do better. It's teaching whatever they did bad better, so yeah. they don't get caught. Because it's possible always to not get caught. You just gotta be smart enough not to get caught. But it's better to teach somebody the right thing to do and why this action has so many negative consequences. Even if it's not even on you, it's on somebody else. And this is why you should care. Yeah. You should teach. That's a big lesson that I feel like people forget. You not everybody, not everything needs to be a punishment. Sometimes you just need to teach somebody. They don't yeah. know. Cause look, uh, and one thing it comes down to is parenting as well. To um, this is enough for all your parents out there. Like, yeah, it's okay to. I'm not saying don't. I ain't saying punish. Discipline them mm-hmm. because discipline don't have to be physical. It can be like talking. Cause one thing I I I pride myself on that I'm glad I do. Cause I whipped myself one time and I couldn't do it after that. Cause I was like, bro, I don't know my own strength. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bro, nah, this is what happened with me when I was a kid. And like, I looked at him like, bro, he don't understand half this stuff. So I sit down and talk to him and I'll try to make sure he understand. Now if he don't get it the first time, I'm like, okay, let me see if I can break it down to a better understanding for you. You know what's crazy? And most people don't do that. The greatest lesson. And to be honest with you, I don't feel like my father taught me too much. Like, I don't think he really taught me. He just raised me. And I think, you know, he also just didn't know because of how he was brought up. So he didn't really know. But he, I believe he raised me to his best abilities. But I don't think he really taught me anything. But I do remember one lesson. I do remember a lesson from him. And that and that lesson had nothing to do with, like, um, the, the punishment of, like, getting a whooping or having a right or standing in a corner. It was... Um, one of my friends, this is when I was in high school, one of my friends got kicked out of the house because his parents found out he was selling weed, yeah. right? And he called me, he called me in the, in the night, and he was like, um, yo, can I come stay with you? My parents just kicked me out. I have nowhere else to go. In my head, I want to help him. So I'm like, uh, dad, I'm like, dad, uh, my friend got kicked out of the house, Blase Skip, um, can he come stay with us? And I woke, my dad used to work at 5 a.m., 5 a. but so this is like 2 a.m., and my dad, uh, 
my dad woke me up at five. He said no and made me go lay down. My dad woke me up at 5 a.m., made me pack a suitcase and stand outside. He said, now you call one of your friends to come pick you up. And I was like, uh, I was like, uh, yes, sir. And I called and I actually called a friend. They came, picked me up and I was staying with them. And then I had my family. I had different like my aunties and stuff calling me. They're like, Keyshawn, go home. Like, you don't need to be at your friend's house. Like, that's not what needs to be going on. Like, like you need to like make sure you're going to school. You need to say what's your dad, blah, blah, skip. And I was like, he told me to do this. He's the one that made me do this. And in my head, I'm like, why is everybody upset with me? But the reason they were upset with me is because I wasn't getting the lesson. Yeah. And the <laughs> lesson, the lesson in that was, wasn't that I wasn't there. It wasn't that I don't need to be there for my friend. But it was because, what was the reason he got kicked out the house for? What was he probably going to do if he came to our house? You you see what I'm saying? And it was point. It got pointed out to me that like when I called and asked my friend if she could come pick me up to um, stay at her house, I told her that my dad just kicked me out uh, at five in the morning because I woke him up in the middle of the night. You see what I'm saying? So they came and picked me up because they're like, okay, why are you getting kicked out of the house at five in the morning? Because you woke your dad up. Like, because you woke your dad up. But when you look at it deeper, would they have let me, would they have come and picked me up and let me stay in their house if they found out that the reason I got kicked out is because I was selling drugs and I was putting my family in danger? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and I think that's the, that is the the real only lesson I really ever learned from my father, and I do think there would have he could have told that to me, and I would have understood it. Yeah. But him, his, his he always teaches with actions. And that's hey, but look, that's a good thing, because like my son at a young age now, so I have to tell him. But as he get older, I'll probably do more lessons like that because they gotta understand how to solve the problems for themselves and look at it for picture because at that age we are prideful and we just think one way and we're like oh the world's out to get us but we never take consideration the ones around us so i say applaud your dad because look that's yes, something that and I, I say wish i feel like that is the only and i say i feel like that's the only time he really only taught me because everything else was like i shouldn't do something because i would receive a punishment yeah. and i don't think that teaches anybody a lesson that just that instills a performance out of them. That doesn't teach them anything. That just gets them to act a certain way. So I didn't I didn't learn to be good because, you know, it was the right thing to do. I learned to be good because I got tired of getting a whooping, yeah. you know. <laughs> but when I got older, I learned that I need to be good because of this, because of this. It leads to a healthy home. It leads to income. It leads to some form of wealth and education. That, um, yeah. Uh, this is a nice little room. We're not even going to catch you. This appreciate it. Nice appreciate little setup. Yeah. I'm proud of you, man. You've come a long way, you know? Because I, I know you wanted to do these videos for a while, and um, before, you know, they were a little bit more sporadic. Like, your YouTube videos were a little bit more sporadic of just, like, walking around, asking the questions, you know? But now you, you seem, like, more set up. Like, yeah. the studio, <laughs> the mics, the the cameras. Like, I'm proud of you. I want you to know I see the growth. and it's, I know it's not where you want to be right now, Actually, this is right where I want to be. This is exactly where you want to be right now? Hey, I look at it like this. I'm doing what I said I was going to do. So this is right where I want to be in the moment. Respect. And this is the moment I need to be here because somebody got to do it. And if it's not me, then who? Exactly. So why not? That's respectable. Yeah. That is high-key respectable. 
Oh yeah. Is it twelve o'clock yet? Yeah, but they didn't do they didn't do the announcement. They ain't doing announcements no more. Oh shit! Damn, Kyle was looking. I can swear eleven o'clock they supposed to do an announcement, but they stopped doing the announcements. Oh my god! Ooh. I got edit that part out then. <laughs> but no, fuck it. I'm gonna leave it how it is. Uh, but yeah, key. Uh, closing remarks. Look, what you, what you take away from this? Um, I guess, I guess what I want people to take away from this is no matter how like down bad you might be. And and I truly mean like down bad, like you might be on your last penny, you might have an eviction notice coming soon, you might have just lost a loved one. No matter how down bad you might be, you work like it gets better. One hundred percent. If you come up with a plan and follow through, it will one hundred percent get better. And I feel like I am an example of that. Like I am the kid who did bad, hit rock bottom to a point that they had nothing, and they worked their way back up to a bachelor's in communications. I am in the Hall of Fame for my university. You feel me? I've got to travel the U.S., and I'm happy. Like, I'm not... And and, and I, get where I, 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 I get where I am is where I need to be to grow, but obviously I want more out of myself. And I plan to get more out of myself. And I know what's coming because if I follow through, I've learned if I just follow through my plan, it's going to come into flourishing. Like, it's not, like, you're not going to tell me I'm not going to be successful. You're not going to tell me that I worked from not having a home or money or just a name to, like, come on now. Like, I have, like, legitimate respect, and that's not trying to brag, but, like, I didn't have respect before. People didn't respect my opinions. People look, used to look down on me. When I first started joining, people looked down on me. <coughs> but now I have people asking for my opinion. I have people reaching out to me, asking me for help. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's wild. And I know that if that came from like just two, three years of hard work, imagine what I could get with 10. Exactly. Imagine what I could get with 10. I always knew you could do it. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. And you have always believed in me. You believed on me when I was sleeping on your couch. You believed on me when I was just out in the streets, just, you know, trying to survive. You feel me? When I was living, you believed in me. You, you never gave up on me. And you always told me I was going to be something. And I am making something of myself. I, I don't think I am something yet. I don't think I am, in my opinion. But I think I am making something of myself. And I, I appreciate how much you believed in me. Oh, yeah. Because I don't know if I ever told you this story about when I was in California. Uh it's funny, the people I, I come across, I just have a feeling like if they come across me and they've been put in my life, they, they it's like they gotta be successful. There ain't no ill sense about us about it. So it's no it's just if they're gonna do the work. But um That's faith. Yeah. I was me and my friends, like I just came in from Hawaii for a weekend because I was doing network marketing over there. Um we I was up. I literally was up for like forty eight hours, mm-hmm. haven't slept. So we're about to go watch a movie, hang out with like the core people and everything. But we're about to go get some shrooms. <laughs> so this, all right. So they had a gas station, blah blah blah. They getting the money out. Next thing you know, a lady walk up and say, "Don't do it." So I'm freaked the fuck out because I'm sleep. I would go, it's like, uh, it's, a old, it's a black lady just hit the car. Like, don't do it. I was like, 
What the fuck? And like, bro, she, she told me she was a prophet. And she prophesied over our lives. And like, at first I was like, bro, bullshit. Like, man, this, some, this some California bullshit. Of course. So, because literally she walked out of nowhere. I have a prophet story after this. Too, <laughs> okay. I have a marriage. Yeah. So look. She started hitting everybody's life to the T. That's it, it's scary, bro. And it's scary. When they do that, it's scary. And look, I always was like, I was like, man, tell me about me, tell me about me. She's like, no, nah, you gotta save you for last. And I was like, bro, come on, tell me, tell me, tell me. She and then when she finally got to me, she's like, bro, as long as you keep these people that you have for coming your life around you, you will be successful. Everybody, everybody's gonna make it. She's like. Things you're searching for is a family, and you're looking for some people to love you for you know you. And I look back over the years now after she told me that I think that she was just talking about that just a group of friends. But everywhere I went, those small groups of friends that I created, they became more of a family versus like yeah. just a friend. And I look at all of them now; they're successful in whatever they do. And she's like, "You yours it said my journey gonna be the hardest journey of it all." <laughs> But if I stay the course, I will be successful. And I look now, I look back at it, I'm like, damn, I fell off track a little bit. But I feel like I was still on the course. It just, I had, a, mm -hmm. it was like a, the roadblock I had to go through to get here. Now, I'm not saying this is the end all for me. But you're, you're here but because here, of. You're here because of that. And when my therapist, like what we talked about on Monday, because what she said brought that story back to me. Mm -hmm. She's like, there's a calling on what you're doing and what's on your life, just about how you can like contemplate the things you went through in the past and you can see and you can recognize those things that most people won't be able to recognize in their whole lives and keep blind to the things that happen and shape their lives. She's like, I always feel like you're going to be a motivational speaker <laughs> and everything going to be on TED Talks and everything else too. And what's so fucking funny is if you look back at my vision board I made in 2012, that is exactly what I wrote down before I ran into that profit. <laughs> Bro, I think, and and I think some of that stuff is true. Obviously, there are people that, that you know, yeah. go out and try to, like, make money off of it. But I think there's, like, I think those people really exist because I met somebody that was, um, we went, I was with Aaron and Marissa, and we went to go get drinks and we were going to go play bingo. There was this old lady, there was an old lady. Yeah, I, well, listen, I enjoy bingo now. Listen, bingo, bingo slap. I'm letting everybody know on the camera. Bingo slap, bingo is fun. Drunk bingo is amazing. Um, but we met this old uh, old lady and we were just sitting there and she was like, I read palms. And I was like, I was like, she's like, I want to read your palm. She started reading our palms and then she got to me and she's like, oh, I love this. And she was like reading my palm. She's like, I see you moving to New York. This, I'm still in school. Mind you, I was planning to move to New York, and, I, and I, yes, the, the move to New York, it happened. So she was 100% right. So uh, she's like, I see you moving to New York. She's like, I see you marrying a white woman. <laughs> My current girlfriend is white, uh, you know? And I was like, I was like, wow. Like, um, she said something else. She said something about like how many kids I might have, and she said that I was going to change the world. And I was freaked out. Because all I want to do is change the world. <laughs> and uh, I, at the time, I was talking, um, 
I was telling my friends that I was planning to move to New York after I graduated. But she didn't know this. There was no way. And the fact that she was able to pick out the yeah. city that I wanted to move to, yeah, <laughs> the city I wanted to move to, off of reading my palm, amazed me. Of course. It amazed me. And if there's like some trick to it, so be it. But listen, you got me, and, and I, I'm a I'm a believer. I was a believer after that. Oh, yeah, because uh, I remember at the end of that whole little thing, like I broke down crying. Because she hit the kid version of me. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, and it always ended with prayer. She prayed for me. And like, times in my life, I felt like, oh man, I'm falling back. But I keep the faith because I know. You gotta keep faith. But yeah, my takeaway from this whole episode is I'm gonna use my, my brother Key as an example. Look, the circumstance don't have to be your outcome. Yeah. Because he freed himself from all his circumstances, got some self-control, and look at him now. He's he's doing it. So And I uh, wonder where I would have been if I wouldn't have done it. Like I, I, I like I genuinely like like man. And that's the and that's the beauty of this world and this life that we live. Cause the unknown is what keeps us pushing. Mm-hmm. So just because it's unknown right now. Doesn't mean give up. That mean keep striving. I ain't got to be give up. I <laughs> got you feel me. I got a whole plan. I got my whole. I got my whole life mapped out. So and I'm thirty. I have everything. I have everything I want to accomplish and mapped out. Till I'm thirty five. Hey, oh, wow. and look, even when you get to that, get the most accomplishment, write more because we time. always got room for growth. But um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in for this episode. I want to thank you, Key, for coming on. Of course, this episode from Boys to Men. I. I really appreciate it. Um, I knew a lot of people were gonna get some stuff out of it because uh, you truly was a young, wild, and free uh, <laughs> yeah, individual. Was, it is crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, and like I say always, y'all, dream big dreams because small dreams have little magic. How big would you dream if you know you couldn't fail? So love y'all. Thank y'all. Thank you for having me. And thank you, Key. And we out, y'all. Yes, sir. Boom! Oh, gonna work out. <laughs> Beauty comes when the unknown. <laughs> Better throw some respect on my name. Gotta rent my knees, folks, on the daily. Cause I ain't really been myself fast lately. My mind's evolving and my heart is changing. Starting to see the world how it should be. It's positively sweet, like a half full glass of tea. And I don't know every day my grandmama pray for me. Give that girl some love